The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. How are we doing, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of Bears All Access as we buried down on a Vikings arrival at Minnesota on Sunday at noon. A massively important matchup for both teams with the clock ticking on the season. It narrows down and still conversation about a potential for a postseason berth by one of these two teams. Maybe neither, but maybe both. And who knows? You never know with this wacky 2020. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. We're brought to you by IGS Energy tonight. Good evening, Tom. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Jeff. You know, kind of really interested in this game because there are so many different elements to this issue of Minnesota Vikings Stage 2 or Minnesota Bears Stage 2 than it was Stage 1. And there's a lot on the line. There's a big point of emphasis by both head coaches how much this game means to each organization. Um, you know, there's issues with the kicking game in Minnesota, and there's issue, or there's just, you know, hope for the continuous improvement of the Bears, and they can capitalize on the good things they did last week. Uh, it does sound like uh, Zim is going to stick with his kicker, Dan Bailey. Says he has <laughs> faith in him. He's missed seven kicks, though, in the last two games. We're going to discuss that with our old friend Pete Bursich, the radio analyst for the Vikings. He'll be coming up at about 6.10. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll be talking to rookie tight end Cole Komet. And he'll have uh, a lot of things to say about what's going on offensively. And that's really been the theme all week, Tom. A lot of questions, a lot of discussion about how the collaboration has worked with coaches, Matt Nagy, Mitchell Trubisky's involvement in it, uh, things that he has asked for in this offense and that they're allowing him to to, uh, do and that clearly is the movement, clearly the types of plays they're calling, the pace, the tempo, all things that we know over the years that Mitch has excelled at. Right, you got to have input from the quarterback because when you talk about the first 15 scripted or like Matt Nagy said in his press conference today that they're making adjustments by series, I think Mitchell Trubisky has to have a lot of input in that, whether he's talking on the phone to Bill Lazor upstairs or eyeball to eyeball with with Matt Nagy, and they got Dave Ragone and John D. Filippo. So I, I think the inclusion of the comfort zone that you can put um, with um, Mitchell Trubisky and in the, with the most confidence, I, I think you have to take his what he says. And maybe that that is the angle to it because it's assumed that it is series to series. But getting the quarterback more involved in that aspect of it, I can understand. Oh, 100%. You know, because, you know, what traits are recognized by Mitchell Trubisky to, you know, to put him in the most positive and confident, you know, frame of mind that he can be put in? And that's using his legs. That's moving pockets. That's identifying receivers no matter what the defense changes to during the course of the cadence. Because when you look at a lot of those completions that include yards after catch, a lot of them didn't matter what the defense was doing with the cadence. They, the, the offense knew what they were doing. So what do you make of that aspect of things? Because early in the year, the Bears were near the bottom of the league in yards after the catch. So, yes, they are rising. We saw some of the big plays last week against the Texans in their defense. But why is there so much separation now versus earlier in the season? 
too much thinking early in the season. If you're having you're having multiple guys on the offense, you know, the whole offensive line and their protection, every receivers, whether they're seeing man or zone, or the quarterback, the two plays that he calls in the huddle, what best fits the defense you're seeing during the course of your cadence? And you're talking about all, all these decisions made in a matter of seconds. So how about we call a play? I don't care if you stack 11 guys behind each other down the middle of the field. Whatever we have called we're still we're still able to run with confidence and so I think that's what uh you know what we're seeing right now at this stage of the season injury news today four guys missed practice Khalil Mack one of them uh with his shoulder uh so that that accounts uh to me uh, more towards a veterans day just to to get better because there's nothing stopping that guy he will be on the field on Sunday against the Vikings but in the secondary you got three guys Buster Screen still in the concussion protocol Jalen Johnson working through his shoulder injury which you know, over the course of the week, it hasn't sounded like it's going to be something that's going to be a long-term thing. But whether he's able to play or not, that, that remains the question against the Vikings. And then Deion Bush, who's a part of that uh, dime package that Chuck Pagano likes to use out uh, today with a foot injury. What do you make of it all? You know, the uncertainty is only in the rookies, Jeff, because we know what Khalil is capable of doing. We know that Buster Screen will and can answer the bell at a moment's notice if he needs to. Same thing with Deion Bush. Jalen Johnson, that's a great unknown. What can you do at an NFL level if you miss the entire week of practice? Look, the practices aren't that physical anymore. It's about the mental portion of it that you got to be on your feet and you got to communicate with everybody else, whether it's a linebacker in front of them, a safety or a nickel corner to the to the to his inside. So, you know, to me, all those other guys Hey man, they could sit in the training room until Sunday morning, and they could they could play. I guess the same um, I, could. I, I think Jalen could too, but we don't know that about him. Guess the same could be said about Eric Kendricks and Kyle Rudolph. They were out today with the Vikings, two veterans. Uh, Rudolph missing last week. Kendricks also dealing with some things. An outstanding linebacker and a guy you you got to block if he's on the field on Sunday. We'll discuss all that with Pete Bursich, the veteran radio analyst of the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago area product and Notre Damer. We can talk a little Clemson-Notre Dame as well this weekend. It's all coming up next here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, our producer tonight, Rick Camp. Stick around. More ahead here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to the Bears All Access Show, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and our good pal, Pete Bursich. Man, he's just always available. That's what I love about the guy joining us from Minneapolis. Or are you a St. Paul guy? Which is it? Am I a what guy? Are you a St. Paul or a Minneapolis guy? Where are you living? Oh, I'm living technically St. Paul now. Okay, okay. Just want to see what side of the fence you're on, my friend. Well, you know, (laughs) St. Paul's more old school. Ham's beer was made there. Remember Ham's? Oh, yeah, my dad. My Thayer, dad. Thayer used to drink a lot of that in college. <laughs> yeah, this guy, my dad used to love that. You know, a gift from dad coming to Iowa State where I went to college, uh, if he was driving up, you know, a couple cases of Ham's, it was like, it was like <laughs> in the Mardi Gras. Honestly, Ham, no question about it. Well, Pete's the radio analyst of the Minnesota Vikings, as you all know, as uh, this uh, NFC North keeps us all like family here. Uh, What's the big storyline coming out of Minnesota this week? Don't tell me it's about Dan Bailey. It's got to be more than that. Well, no, yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, you know, you you, uh, 
you play a team in Tampa Bay that hadn't given up a 60-yard rusher all year, and Dalvin Cook goes down there and, and puts up 108 on him. And the crazy part about this team, guys, is that we they go down there and do something that difficult, meaning you're running the football against a really good defensive front, but you don't take care of the simple things or the easy things like turning the ball over, giving up too many sacks, right? Giving up, you know, what, six sacks, five sacks, um, penalties, especially in the red zone defensively. Uh, you know, we get a, a, a pass interference call on a Hail Mary at halftime. That call hasn't been made since 2009, but yet we, you know, we get one called against us. I mean, the team is just, it, it's so hit and miss. It is so hard to put your finger on what the problem is or what's going well, what isn't. Um, it's it's frustrating. It's it's maddening almost. And so week to week to week, I don't know. You don't know which team's going to show up. You don't know which team you're going to get. And you know we're just kind of it's it's so it's. It, I hate to be able. To, I, I wish Joniak I could tell you this is the problem and this is what's going on. It's but there's a lot more to it. Hey, Pete, when you look at Dalvin Cook and you look at your talented rookie Jefferson, you know, breaking records of Randy Moss, a Hall of Famer, who who is responsible for who? Is it Dalvin Cook in the running game is responsible for Jefferson to have the rookie season he's having? Or is the threat of Jefferson such a wide concern of opponents' defenses that maybe the line of scrimmage is a little bit looser and Dalvin Cook can capitalize on it? Um. Well, no one's operating in a vacuum. I know that. And I think that um, there's one thing for sure with Kubiak, uh, our offensive coordinator, is he, you know, he knows how to, who, you know, knows how to run, have a passing game that's based on the running game. And one thing about our passing game, it's not a short underneath type passing game. I mean, uh, you know, you look at Jefferson, he's averaging almost 17 yards of reception. You know, uh, Adam Thielen is close to 13. So it's about running the ball, getting the teams, you know, getting teams to dial in on Dalvin Cook and having to stop Dalvin Cook, and then you make them pay for it. Once you find out how they're going about doing it and putting extra guys in the box to do it, you're getting a lot more one-on-ones on the outside. So I think Dalvin Cook, without question, is what makes this offense go. I mean, he, you know, he makes Kirk Cousins better because um, Kirk Cousins is a much better play-action passer than he is just a drop-back pocket type passer um so dalvin is definitely you know he's he's really the starting point for the entire offense you look at the vikings right now so you look at the injury report for the bears they got three defensive backs listed on the injury report i raise an eyebrow if i look at that if you're if we're looking at the minnesota vikings where what position are they the thinnest at right now well we're we've been thin at corner for you know, a very, very long time. You know, you have Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney and then uh, Chris Boyd or Chris Jones coming in uh, to, you know, to spell them. Um, You know, defensive line, we have a lot of bodies. It's just a matter of, you know, when, you know, you lose, you know, you you lose some of your better defensive linemen uh, earlier in the season, you know, you just don't have really much left. And then, uh, you know, it's, those are the spots that we're thin. I mean, Kyle Rudolph's still battling injury. Irv Smith Jr. is doing a good job. Tyler Conklin's doing a good job. Um, but I think uh, our, you know, with our team, cornerback and, and linebacker too, Eric Kendricks is probably going to be out. I mean, that's a huge, huge loss for us. 
Uh, we've been playing without him. Todd Davis from the Denver Broncos is, uh, has been doing a great job. Uh, but still, when you have Eric Wilson, Todd Davis, and Troy Dye, a rookie uh, from Oregon, Oregon State, I can't remember which, but when you have those guys out there, a linebacker, you, yeah, it just makes you, makes you a little nervous, I guess. Our guest is Pete Bursich, the radio analyst for the Minnesota Vikings here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. But, you know, when you talk about that cornerback position, this was the plan, though, right? You're going with young guys and try to weather the storm. But, you know, you thought maybe a little bit more up front would, would take care of the pass rush, but you, you lose Daniil Hunter. You don't re-sign Jefferson yeah. Griffin. Ngakwe comes, but he goes. You know, we played you in week 10, and he's still your leading sacker. Has that impacted <laughs> what goes on in the back end? You know, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, you I mean, you look at the number of guys on our defensive line with multiple sacks, <clears throat> you know, not many. Um, you know, D.J. Wanham is leading our defensive line group with three, and then you have a Fadi Adenabo with three and a half. I mean, that's it. Um, Cameron Dantzler is a, you know, third-round pick. Um, he's starting to play better. You know, he had an interception uh, a couple weeks ago, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. He's starting to play with some confidence, and Jeff Gladney is as well. Um, but he moves inside whenever teams go three wide, and so that'll bring, you know, like Chris Jones out or Chris Boyd out, you know, onto the field. And that's usually where teams are, you know, are trying to go. Uh, having Defensively, having to blitz more to get pressure on the quarterback. We can't just do it all the time with a four-man rush. So Harrison Smith has been more involved. Eric Wilson's a very good blitzer. Um, and we have to, you know, we have to send sometimes an extra guy just to get the ball out quickly. So, um, but the, the, we knew that we knew we were going to be young at corner going into the season, but um, you know, we were, they're getting better. The young guys are getting better. Jeff Gladney's a competitor. He's healthy. He's staying on the field. He's getting better week in and week out. And it's like it's about time, you know, we start, uh, you know, seeing and, and getting some return on some of these younger corners. Uh, let's talk special teams because all I read Monday and Tuesday were. <laughs> we don't have Do we have to? Well, listen, <laughs> Come well, on. the angle I want to take is, is, is the history of it all. Your writers there went through the entire history of the impatience, I guess, is the best way to describe with Zim in terms of not tolerating much and moving on from things, and here he's sticking with Dan Bailey after seven missed kicks in two games. Uh, I mean, what is the real story o- about your special teams unit? Because I always felt it was pretty doggone a good unit, and uh, they do play hard. It may not be as highly thought of as, as years past, but overall, is that, is that an accurate depiction of what's going on from a Mike Zimmer point of view? Well, I, I – the fact that Mike's sticking with Bailey, I think is, you know, it's a, it's the prudent thing to do. I mean, um, they know what's going on more than we do. Uh, they know where, where Bailey's head is more than, than any of us do. Um, and for, you know, for him to stick by him, um, you know, that's, I think it's, I think that's awesome that he's doing that. I mean, special teams wise, what's been hurting us too, is just our punt return. Um, you know, KJ Osborne was, was a young, as a rookie from uh, Miami, we've had him on some kick returns and some punt returns been, you know, been disappointing. I mean, you look at Cordell Patterson and, and what he's done. I mean, we've had 49 yards of punt returns this season, guys, 49 total the whole year, you know, Chad Beebe, 
muffing a punt and then fortunately comes back later in the game to catch a touchdown to win the game. I mean, we, we've had so many mistakes on special teams, um, so many, uh, you know, kick returns, punt returns. It's just, it's been, it's like as soon as things get good or get better, then all of a sudden something else rears its ugly head and it's just been kind of moving around. You know, we had Austin cutting the long snapper that we brought in and then we had to release him. I mean, it, it's been, it's been a, a revolving door in, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, Colquitt, our punter has been consistent. So yay, we got a consistent punter. Um, but overall, it's just been a very inconsistent group. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with a lot of these guys um, having to play defense. You know, when you're down starters, the guys that you have as your special teams unit, they're out there on the field. So then you got to limit their snaps. And you know, um, it, it's it. Yeah, it, we haven't. We've lost more games with special teams than we've won, and that's usually not a good thing. Talking about is then kickers, but I got to ask you one more question. Do you think there could be a little bit more emphasis that Bailey's got to hit the ball out of the end zone, given the fact that Cordero did return a kickoff <laughs> against you guys? Because, you know, it's kind of like when you put that type of pressure on a kicker, maybe it it interferes with his integrity or just his ability just, just to go out there and concentrate and get the ball off of his foot. Well, you know, guys – it. One thing, there's one thing that's changed throughout the 20, 30 years, last 30 years of football, all the things that have changed. One of the things that's changed the most is just these kickers and how far they can kick the ball. And, and right, really right now, it, it's not hard or it's not too much of a challenge for anyone to be able to send it out of the back of the end zone. And I mean, discretion is the better part of valor. I mean, you know, why, why, why let Cordero Patterson have the opportunity? Why even give him the chance you want to know when why? you can start at the 25 and, Wait. you know, make make those guys go up and down the field? Hey, you want to know why? Why, Pete? It's fun. Why? Because the <laughs> kick return is fun. That's why. Don't kick it out of the back fun of the end for zone. you guys. Don't extend your arms. Let's have a little fun, Pete. I know fun for you. it's a yeah, car okay. crash. Oh, sure, fine. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Gosh. Yeah, we'll 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 put our we'll put Amir Abdullah up against your Cordero Patterson and we'll see what happens. Right. All right, enough enough kicker talk. Hey, so now last the last time the Bears played the Vikings, Kurt Cousins got over the hump of winning on Monday night football. Does Kurt Cousins feel like he's got a bigger hump to get over because the consideration for both teams is they're still in the playoff hunt and you know, Kirk Cousins seems to be the stir that the straw that stirs the drink. Well, we, you know, he had, I think the win down in New Orleans um, a year ago was huge to that overtime victory. Um, I think that answers a lot of questions. I mean, I think for Kirk, it, the, this is the bottom line. If, if you try to do what Carolina did at the end of a game when you're rushing three people um, – and you turn it into a seven-on-seven seven drill. Kirk Cousins will shred. Will shred you. I mean, he if you let if you give him time, and let him just survey what's going on, but you know, in the defensive backfield, he can just go up and down the field. Where teams have had success is on is in pressure, and keeping them in the pocket, and keeping pressure on them. I mean, those are the things more so. I don't think he carries a lot of that with him into these games where he, he feels like, you know, this is uh, an opportunity for me to do this. this. is an opportunity for me to win Monday night game. This is an opportunity for me to do this on the road or at home. I think for him, it's, it's really, 
getting into a rhythm of a game and understanding and seeing what's going on downfield. And he doesn't do that very well when he has people in his face constantly. So protection is, is, is something that's huge. And if you want to get him off your, off his game, you, you get pressure on him. You just don't let him sit back there and get comfortable. Pete Bursich, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, a couple of minutes to go with you. Let's uh, switch gears because, you know, you Golden Domer's got a big one uh, oh, against boy. Clemson. What, what, are we, what are we thinking here? Oh, we're playing. When are we playing Clemson? <laughs> Come on, man. Help <laughs> us out. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Where's your, where's your, where's your thought process? Put your analyst caps on both of you guys. Uh Tom, you you got time. You go ahead and take this one. I don't watch a whole lot of college football anymore. I just don't have time. Well, I you know, when you look at the quarterback position, <laughs> the most high-profile position in the country, and you have the marquee quarterback in the country for Clemson, and they didn't play him last time they got together, it seems like, you know, uh, Lawrence is going to put him over the hump. He's going to put him over the edge. He's going to take this one this you know championship conference championship game down but i think this is probably the the best defense that clemson will face uh this season you know in notre luckily notre dame has had a lot of chance to play games and they you know kind of have a a good thing going on the defensive side of the ball and always and it's always seems in you know in the last 10 years or so that i've been watching them is that they're, you're just lacking speed and lacking speed, especially on defense. And I don't know if that's as much of an issue this year as it's been. But when you get to these SEC teams that spread the ball out, I mean, you've got to have some speed in the back end of your defense. They missed that uh, Pete Bursich speed. Uh, you know, yeah, no, no, not really. the defense for the Irish. <laughs> Anyway, well, hey, I hope you'll watch the game at least. Four nine two forty. Yeah, right. I hope you're gonna hey, hey, watch hey, the hey, game. Hey, Clear hey. your schedule. Watch, watch your alma mater for crying out loud, will you? Well, I, well, come on, <laughs> I, I got stuff to do. You know. Well, uh, any uh, before we let you go, last thing. Uh, what's your view on what? There's a lot of changes on that bear offense. Yes, there. You know, you guys have. Um, I think with Trubisky. You see a lot of the, you know, you understand the routes that he can throw. I mean, you keep him on the move, bootleg him and all that, but the drive and dig, you know, the shallow cross or the dig behind it or the high-low, he's been completing a lot of those passes. It seems like, you know, Nagy's got him in a in a bit of a rhythm there, so to speak. If he sees pressure and, you know, needs to get rid of it, he's just going to throw, you know, throw a 50-50 ball up to Allen Robinson, you know, and it's working. And then whenever David Montgomery can break one, no matter how, and you make the defense have to stop the run, then, you know, you, yeah, you have a little something there. It's, it's all related. You know, the offensive line's better. Um, and then, you know, not great. I mean, that's, I think that's where that team, you guys need to have the most amount of investment in in the offseason. You know, I don't care who you have at quarterback. When you don't have an offensive line, um, yeah, you're going to have problems. So Trubisky, you know, Trubisky can't just sit back and, be a pocket passer you gotta keep moving and you know, I, I was uh it was a good you guys you know you played well against uh houston which you should have but you guys did and it's the biggest win you've had in what a year and a half two years i mean that's that's good good for the bears all right pete good luck on sunday um not too much luck and merry christmas <laughs> to you and your family all right buddy hey you guys you guys have won the last two in a row up in minnesota so That's right. Season finale. Let's try not this to one make a little it three. different now. Yeah. This one has a lot more. Merry Christmas lot, lot to all me. you guys too, man. All right, Take Pete. Care.
Good to talk to you. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Bears rookie tight end Cole Komet. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Everybody, welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by Microsoft Surface and CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Carving out some time for us tonight, rookie tight end Cole Komet. Good Thursday evening to you, Cole. How you feeling? Hey, how are you guys? Doing okay, Cole. Doing okay. I'm sure you still got a, a lot a lot of your workday still left. It never ends. And, and certainly yesterday with the curveball, no baseball pun intended, uh, because, uh, you know, you could throw one with the best of them. Um, it, it's, it's a challenge every week because, you, you know, creatures of habit, preparation the way it is, you guys like to get your work done in very specific time frames and to be able to digest it all, get your work in mentally on the field and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure it's been one of the bigger challenges for everybody, let alone a rookie. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's been weird, the ever-changing schedule. I think, Jeff, we talked about it one other time last week, and it just changes, you know, day to day. So, you know, finding a rhythm is tough, no doubt, especially in a year like this. But, um, you know, it's been good so far, and, you know, you just got to kind of take it, take it day by day, and whatever the day brings you, you kind of have to attack it that way. You know, a word that pops into my head here, and certainly you never played this many games in one season, well, you know, or going to anyway, but it's survival a little bit, especially this year. You're just trying to survive each week, hoping everybody's going to be okay, in addition to your own health physically from the from the rigors of a game, and just, you know, try to be mentally as tough as possible here. Is that something that is discussed, I mean, between you and the guys or, or, you know, even fellow rookies? Yeah, I think that's something, you know, definitely leading into the season was something that I think we were all kind of concerned about, especially us rookies, um, you know, trying to find a way. And, you know, it's been tough, no doubt. I mean, I think, you know, whatever whatever the situation comes, like the other day when, you know, we kind of had to wait because, you know, whatever happened with our test results and, you know, had to go back in and get, um, you know, the quick test, and then and then everyone was clear to come back in later in the day. Um, it just kind of things that have been happening this year, and it's just something you kind of have to deal with. And, it, you know, it can be mentally exhausting sometimes, but, you know, it just kind of is what it is in 2020. Minnesota is a beautiful playing atmosphere. When you look at the conditions last week, natural surface outdoors at Soldier Field, and now a little late season indoors, perfect playing conditions, and an artificial surface, do you have any preference as to what type of surface you play on? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, you know, obviously in college, Notre Dame, we, we switched to turf when I got there, so that's all I was used to, and that's all that we practiced on. And then, you know, uh, that's kind of what I was used to in college because most of the college stadiums had, had turf. And then coming into Chicago and, and, you know, at Hallis, it's all grass. And that's all I was on for, uh, for training camp. And then we go uh, the first week of the, of the season against Detroit. Um, we're kind of forced inside because of the weather. And, you know, we were on turf for a couple of days. And you kind of realize you get pretty sore on turf. But even though you're flying around and you feel good while you're playing on it, the next day is not so great. So I think, you know, for one game um, – you know, or for one day out of the week, you know, it's, it, I think we all love playing on turf because you feel fast and, and you're moving around quick. But, you know, there's definitely um, some aches and pains that come along with it afterwards. So uh, a couple weeks ago, you play the Minnesota Vikings and you are less included in the game plan than you are up at this point. So when you talk about preparing and your personal time, not when you're sitting there in the meetings with the rest of your teammates, will you take time to invest in watching the first Minnesota game 
or will you invest most of your time in last week's Tampa game, uh, Tampa-Minnesota game? Yeah, so I think it's kind of funny when looking at us, uh, you know, whatever well, that was six weeks ago against the Vikings, our, our offense is, is a little bit different right now um, in a lot of ways. Um, we got more movements going on, and there's, there's just a lot more going on that we weren't doing uh, against Minnesota six weeks ago. So, you know, in that, in that state, you know, we kind of – I've kind of been looking at teams that have, have been running similar stuff to us uh, the past couple weeks and, you know, looking more at more recent games uh, with the Vikings, so looking at Tampa and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a little different to see – and kind of cool to see how our, how our offense has changed uh, just from six weeks ago. So when you think about six weeks ago, in the, when we are listening to the coaches talk today, Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy, and they talk about, you know, Mitch being able to share what he likes, what he feels confident with when you are game planning. Have you had an opportunity to talk to either your position coach or Bill Lazor or Matt Nagy about the types of plays that you would like to be included for yourself or what you, where your comfort zone is, or are they just supplying you with the information you need to know and then you have to study that? Yeah, I think that's kind of how it was in the beginning of the season where I was just getting supplied information and, you know, I just kind of took, took the information and did what I had to do with it. Um, but I think recently, you know, I, I've been – I have a great relationship with our tight ends coach, Clancy Barone, and, um, you know, he's a guy that has really helped me learn how to watch film and whatnot, so – um, I've been able to go to him and say, hey, I like doing this stuff. And a lot of it aligns with what with what Mitch likes to do. You know, I like moving around, being in motion, you know, coming back across the field, um, you know, having dump-off passes and, and, you know, allowing myself to get yards after the catch. So those are some things that I like and I know M- and Mitch likes as well. So that's been a, a good fit for these past couple of weeks. Cole Komet, Bears rookie tight end, joining us here on Bears All-Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Cole, uh, how does that feel as a player and and even with the veterans and just your discussions? Because I do feel even though you guys aren't sitting in the locker room just hamming it up and talking, you know, in between practice sessions and meetings, there is a lot of conversation going on. You've got your executive council kind of with with the team and the leadership, but how does it make you feel that the coaching staff has allowed this free flow of information in this effort? And I got to call it a valiant effort because the frustration level, I'm sure all of you had felt, and I felt it even from, from coach Nagy and the coaches just keep trying to find ways to get this offense, which statistically was at the bottom of the barrel in the league and now slowly working your way out of that. Um, it, it had a really wear on everybody, but the, the open-mindedness of, going to you guys and sharing some information. Has that, has that been uh, an important development here in the last post-bye week, really? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, coaches and players, we're all in this together, and we're all trying to get W. So um, I, think, I think it was a grueling, you know, uh, six-game losing streak that we had, and um, I think we were learning a lot about each other through that process. And, you know, it was tough week to week, you know, having that happen, especially when – you know, there was, there was winnable games in there. And, you know, I think, I think us just as the communication line between the players and coaches has been great. And, you know, really ever since the bye week and, you know, we've been trying to give input and they, and they've, they, they've understood our point of view and certain things. So, you know, I've seen, obviously, you know, the older guys kind of take charge of that. And, you know, me as a rookie, I, I get to kind of watch from afar and, you know, obviously support my guys, but, 
um, you know, it, it's been a, it's been good these past couple of weeks, and you know, obviously, it's exciting when you get to see the players and coaches gel together, and you know, it starts to click on offense. Cole, when you went back to work this week, the first time you get together, whether it's in person or on Zoom, and now you could start finishing sentences with playoff picture because you couldn't do that in the midst of the losing streak. Was it a different atmosphere when you got together or you could see your teammates' faces and you could honestly say, look, man, we're we making a push here for a possible playoff position? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think we – offensively kind of felt that actually after the Detroit loss where that was, that was a heartbreaking loss. And we thought we played really well and we, we thought we punished them up front um, for, for 90% of that game. And, you know, obviously to come out and have it slip away from us from the last two minutes, that was really tough, but we knew we were in a good spot. And I think that led into the next game against the Texans. And I think that's just going to keep going on for the rest of the season. So I think, you know, we feel confident with where we're at and, you know, we know offensively if we execute and do the things that we need to do offensively. You know, our special teams and defense has been playing great all year. They're going to take care of their things, and, and we're going to be able to move the ball and control the clock as well. So I think with that, you know, it's just about about getting hot right now and, and going 1-0 each week for the rest of the season, and, and we should be in a good spot. Cole Komet, a couple more minutes with the Bears rookie tight end here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All-Access. Bears getting ready for the Vikings. Um, Everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to hear what it's like right now with Mitchell Trubisky versus what it was early in the season. That seems to be a curiosity for almost every day of questions from the media here locally and just from fans in general. What perspective can you give uh, a Bears fan right now what that dynamic is like? Yeah, I think, I mean, I can just speak to us to right now. I think Mitch is, he's confident. He's having a lot of fun at practice and, you know, he's just doing his thing out there. I think, I think he's, uh, he's confident and understanding as to what he wants and what he likes. And, you know, I think that that's shown, you know, really since the, since the, since the bye week and, um, you know, he's just been a great, you know, positive attitude for us to have. And he's just been bringing a ton of energy. And, you know, I think we've all been feeding off of it. Hey, uh, Cole, is there any, sim- is there any similarities between Mitchell Trubisky and Ian book? Honestly, yeah, there there are a lot. You know, they're both uh, they're both got the same type of athleticism, I think, and um, you know the same type of attitude and, and charisma. So they they both kind of share that. And I actually mentioned that um, to Tommy Reese, our uh, our OC at Notre Dame, a while back in the summer when I first started to get to know Mitch, and you know, obviously was thrown around with him a little bit. And yeah, they're they're very similar uh, athletically, and you know, just kind of how they handle themselves on the field. All right, so what are you thinking? Uh, are your boys going to get it done? I mean, the rematch. Oh my! The rematch. Hey, we got, yeah, of course. I mean, we, this is our our. We're undefeated, first of all, in the his, in the history of Notre Dame football. We're undefeated in conference games, um, so we got that going for us. Um, obviously, this is our first ACC championship game, but I think the boys are feeling good with where they're at. Very good. Should be must-see TV, no question about it. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and uh, you'll be – it's a little different perspective now as a fan, right? No doubt, no doubt. You're back to the fan part of it and, you know, yelling at the TV all the time and whatever, but, you know, it's a lot of fun, <laughs> and, you know, I love watching those guys, and, you know, all those guys are my best friends over there. Yeah, good group of guys, very talented team, no question about it. Cole, good luck on Sunday, and uh, thanks for taking out this time. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you guys.
Cole Komet, Bears tight end, looking good. You mentioned Tom. The the I think it was uh, the word was a ruggedness, or I, I can't remember now. But he's playing like that right now. A rugged with the ball in his hands and the blocking aspect of things, to me, is really a significant part of this puzzle right now. He's well, really you know, one it. of the things when you listen to Bill Lazor in Bill Lazor in his conference today, he talks about players have to earn the NFL respect. If they want to interject something to the game plan, if they want to be more noticed, it's never just handed to them and it's all about being earned. And I think that was one of the telltale signs here for Cole in the early part of the season was make sure that you can be a really destructive, good blocker, whether it's on the move or on the line of scrimmage, and you're going to increase opportunities for yourself. And I think that's the way he's gone about his business. All right, well, you're going to learn a little bit more about Cole Komet this weekend on our Bears Game Day Live show, 1030 on Fox 32 Chicago with our buddy Luke Canellis, Tom and I, uh, in our player profile. He's the feature this week, Tom, so be looking for that on all the Bears social media platforms as well. We're going to step away for a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access And it's uh, sponsored by IGS Energy. Back in a minute. With Tom Bayer, Jeff Joniak, back on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. My broadcast partner from WBBM, Tom Thayer, will have a Pre-game at 9, kickoff at noon on WBBM with Ron Gleason, Jim Schwantz, and Jay Hilgenberg in that pre-game trio. Lots of discussion uh, to be had about these Minnesota Vikings when you get into the division, Tom. Uh, it's where you're, it's your lifeblood to get to get to where you need to go. So uh, it's going to be a, a, a trivia. I'm glad it's not a, the last regular season game of the year against the Vikings because meaningful game in mid-December against the Vikings, a different measuring stick. Yeah, but, you know, I think the seriousness of the approach of both head coaches, you have one that's more defensive-minded, defensive-oriented, and Mike Zimmer, you know, a real one of the ultimate tough guys of head head coaches in the NFL. And you got Matt, who is, you know, he talked about his pass as a quarterback. That's how he understands the game. That's how he sees it. He's got both of these guys have more on their plate than just offense and defense, but they are the head coaches of their football team. And I think from the very beginning of this week, it was early notification that you better approach this with a playoff-type atmosphere. And I know you're just trying to stay into the race of the playoffs, but you have to consider yourself in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, earlier in the week, this wasn't today, but earlier in the week, uh, Matt Nagy, you know, specifically about Mitchell Trubisky's play and if it's a real sign of growth. Uh, let's play a clip of what Matt's feeling about that is. Yeah, I think it's real, and and I say that because I'll, I'll kind of go back um, to when everything went down the first three weeks, and there was times where we were even then moving the ball really well, and we were just struggling a little bit in the red zone. We were struggling a little bit on third down, and as you all know, you know we we've changed some things right schematically uh, as to this offense and what it was even two years ago in 2018 to try to. Um, Uh, work around the strengths of our players and when we made the move to Nick uh, again at that point in time it's it's really hard to accept for for Mitchell but I do believe that for a lot of different reasons that's going to end up really helping him out in his career and what it's done is it's able it's enabled him to take a step back and see where we're at and now these last three games um, 
we're feeling an identity within this offense and he's a big part of that. You know, he's able to, you see some of the stuff we're doing with the nakeds and the movements and uh, he's changing his arm angles. He's making good decisions uh, where he's looking downfield. And if it's not there, he's getting the ball down to the backs and the tight ends and they're making plays. Uh, it's hard to defend when you do that, when you get the run game going. Um, we did early on and then, you know, towards the end there, we, we uh, when they knew we had to run the ball, that's where I thought they stopped us a couple times. But that's okay. Our guys are still working through that. I've mentioned the identity part the last couple of weeks, and, and we feel that way. And the guys are playing with confidence. And I do believe it's real for Mitchell right now. And I, I like where he's at. And he's just kind of staying in his own lane. And he's just being a leader and making plays. And that's what's important. Tom, does a late season arrival at defining an identity um... – is there enough time? Do you have enough time to utilize that to get to where you need to go? I mean, you're always going to be scoreboard watching or looking at the side of your eye of what other teams are doing around the league to see if you're staying in it. But when you think about a, a, a player like Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think he's ever he's ever wanted to – no player ever wants to be forced to take a seat. And then because it's such a challenge to your preparedness, what are you doing with your time off? Are you still constructive about making sure that you pay attention to what's going on with your next opponent? Are you going out and doing in practice what's always been expected of you, whether you're a starter or fighting for an opportunity? So I think – Trubisky has gone on to show everybody that, you know, he's he's willing to do what's being asked of him, but ultimately Mitchell Trubisky wants to be a starting quarterback. He wants his role to be a starting quarterback um, in the NFL. All right, let's flip to the defense a minute because they, they put in a terrific uh, pressure, was consistent against the, the Texans with seven sacks. This is a Minnesota team, Tom, that uh, has given up ten sacks to Kirk Cousins in the last two games. So that's where they're vulnerable when that pressure's cranked up on a consistent basis. Off of that, you'd still like to see the ball fall into the hands of some of these defenders. Attack the football, secure it. When it's out there, go and get it. Uh, There's been a drought for Eddie Jackson. Uh, There's been a drought for uh, even Kyle Fuller. Uh, Jalen Johnson has not had an interception this year. I'm talking about all the corners. Buster Screen's been 51 games without an interception. Deshaun Gibson, who's got the most interceptions out of that entire secondary in his career, on this interception drop today. Oh man, I think that's the most frustrating part about it all. I mean, it's a it's a bunch of guys in the secondary um, that pride ourselves on um, getting to the ball. When you got a guy like myself who's been proven to do it over my career, you got a guy like Eddie who is a top tier guy getting the ball. A guy like Kyle, um, you know, the production on the balls just haven't been where we wanted. So, what can I attest to that? I mean, I'm not sure. It, it, it's so many things that go in there. Luck is a lot to do with it, obviously. Um, it's just some things that you just can't explain. You can be in perfect coverage, man, and it'd be a PBU instead of a pick. Um, those those floaters, those tip passes that, you know, that they probably got back in 2018 when they was leading the league in, 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 in turnovers, those bounces just not coming our way. And when they are, we just not capitalize on it. It's a lot of things, man, obviously. Um, and teams are getting the ball out a lot quicker than normal, obviously, when you got guys that can rush that way. Uh, that's how you neutralize those guys, man. So, um, whatever it may be, I have no clue, man. But I know the last three games, man, I think that we're itching um, because that's unlike a secondary like this. And I think that everybody is aware that we want to get our hands on and have more opportunities to make plays on the ball. But it's nobody – we have nobody to blame but ourselves. And, and obviously, uh, like I say, man, it's better late than never, man. Three games is a lot of football to be played. Three games is a lot of opportunities to go out there and make plays on the ball. So 
who knows, man? Hopefully that 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 streak turns right now, man, and we can start continuing to do the things that we do. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning. You know, the thing about what the Bears did great last week, and it could be the perfect intersection against Kirk Cousins. His offensive line has given up a bunch of sacks the last couple of weeks. Last week, the Bears game planned unpredictable pressure. So it wasn't always let's stop Khalil and it's somewhat no one else is going to get there. Okay, you know. I know Robert Quinn has taken a lot of criticism, but he's very unselfish when he's going to run a perfect stunt, an end tackle stunt, and he unselfishly gives up his body against two offensive linemen to set another defensive lineman free. And then you got Bilal Nichols capitalizing on a good rush from the opposite side of the line, seeing that void and be able to close the distance and get to the talented quarterback. And then to put Roquan Smith in a position on the line of scrimmage that he becomes responsible of the offensive lineman and now you open up a one-on-one for Khalil Mack against their most vulnerable offensive lineman. That unpredictable pressure in the eyes of Kirk Cousins will speed the uh, speed the desire to get the ball out of his hands more quickly and then that's when you result this tip ball into an interception. So if the Bears can formulate a really good pass pressure plan like they did this past week we should see a couple interceptions scheme receivers open you can scheme pass rushers open in the same vein and that's what uh, chuck pagano is tasked with this week against the vikings stopping dalvin cook number one on the list though roquan had 14 tackles season high against the vikings and three tackles for loss he'll need to be that guy again on sunday all right one more break then we'll wrap things up on our show tonight, throw a couple topics at Tommy. It's Bears-Vikings on Sunday. We're breaking it down here on Chicago Sports Radio's 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, when shopping for your game day celebrations, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. Tostitos and Lay's, an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears. All right, we got a minute to go here, Tommy. Road teams have won 49.3% of their game's highest since 2001, the most ever was in 72, you know, right, right when you started playing, 48.4%. Uh, what will it take for the Bears to win? You got 45 seconds. Give me three reasons. David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery. If you have any run game factor, if you have any line of scrimmage influence, any awareness without what they – if um, Kyle Hendricks, their talented, talented, talented middle linebacker doesn't play – then it, it, it is a big void in the middle. The guy's one of the best instinct linebackers in the league. And David Montgomery did not play against the Vikings in the Week Correct. 10 meeting, so look out. Here comes Montgomery as the Bears look to knock out the Vikings and stay alive in the playoff hunt. That's going to wrap us up here for Top There. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to our producer, Rick Camp, Dan Barilli, and Jordan Treadup. Good night, everybody. Thursday Night Football coming up next, Chargers in Vegas. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.